Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi, ho, everybody. Welcome back to D Plus Us Weekly, the show where we talk about shows exclusive to Disney Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel Griffey D-Pad, and with me as always is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? Bright suns, Griffin. I am ready to talk all about this. Yeah, we're talking Mando. I got my N1 Starfighter ready. This has been sitting by my desk ever since I meant to show it last week's episode because I built it last week. Kind of forgot it was sitting there until I accidentally knocked it down and had to rebuild it. It's been a time. You showed it to me last week, or was that when we were recording something else? See, I showed it to you last week, but I forgot to show it in the recording. In the recording, yeah, yeah, Which is why I felt so dumb about it. But yeah, we're talking about the Mandalorian, folks. And you're you're continuing to break it, which you should just put the thing down. I, I just put it down, okay? It's, it's just one piece. It doesn't want to stay on. It will stay on once I get a stand for it. Anyways, we're talking about the newest episode of The Mandalorian, Chapter 20, The Foundling. Directed by the one and only Carl Weathers. We will be jumping into this full spoiler, folks. So, if you do not want to be spoiled on the episode, go watch the episode. Come back. Have a good time with us then. Please go watch the episode before talking, hanging out with us. With all that out of the way, Mitch, what did you think of this week's episode? You were both wrong. When you DM'd me that, oh my god, the next one, the next episode is titled The Foundling, so it's going to be all about... You know, Din being a foundling or Grogu and his journey can, neither continuing of them. as a foundling, which kind of. Well, neither both, but also two other people. But no, it was about a kid getting snatched by a giant dragon lizard bird thing. After he gets put in his goddamn place. Yeah, There is nothing I love more in media than watching a bratty bully kid get put in his place. And he will now end up being like the the mentor to Grogu amongst the foundlings. I can guarantee it. Maybe I can honestly, I can definitely see the helping aspect. I'm not sure if we're going to go full mentor, but he's definitely going to be on Grogu's side. It's weird watching this episode, and particularly watching um, Bo-Katan save Paz Vizsla's son. Well, there's that, and then just Bo-Katan starting to. I don't know if buy-in is the right phrase, but she's starting to accept the way the way of the Children of the Watch in a in a way that I wasn't really anticipating. It I'm, felt, at least to me, I assumed this was going to go down a path towards a means to an end for Bo-Katan, but it does seem like she's kind of had this religious awakening with seeing the Mythosaur and is now kind of buying into at least the weirdness that is the children of the watch. Yeah, I think it's partial. I think part of it is also very much a self-preservation. <laughs> like, There's that. her home has been destroyed. She is surrounded by these people. If she does anything to piss them off, she is not getting out alive. No. Like, there's that aspect of it, I think, which is a part of it, but... Uh, Dave Filoni, the, the way he does these characters is like... This feels like a very big step away from how Bo-Katan has been both in Mando, but also in Clone Wars. So I'm yeah. really interested to see like what ends up happening with her. But I think like I think the big part of this episode is talking about Grogu. I want to go back to that fighting scene, which first off, just that shot of all of like the Mandalorians training on the beach. 
It was a so, little much. I'm like, wow, I thought there were like three and there's actually like 45 Mandalorians here. So, I mean, that's, you know, unexpected, but I guess... It, it, it I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird. It was like it was like a kid was just playing with all their action figures and pulled all of the off-brand Boba Fetts out of the box. There was a couple there that looked like, yeah, suspiciously well, like Boba Fett. Orange Boba Fett and blue Boba Fett, and then green, but kind of an off-green Boba Fett. It's not quite Boba Fett, but sort of related. And it was just it was kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. But at the same time, it was still really fun to see just that many Mandalorians. I don't think we've seen like a crap ton of mandalorians since season one when you have well, that not in, even even then it didn't seem like it was as many as oh it was definitely saw here and i think the only time we might have seen more mandalorians is before the fall of mandalore which we you know in uh looking back at clone wars and a little bit in rebels i guess with flashbacks but we've never really I seen mean, this especially in live action so it's nice to yeah in clone wars for one of more the scale in Clone Wars, where one of the storylines is the fall of Mandalore. <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian War. <laughs> no, I really like this episode. This, I feel like we're on the upward track, like, after these last couple episodes of me really being into this. Yeah, yes and no for me. I, I The last episode, 100%, just because it was so not Mandalorian in a way that I really thought was refreshing after the first two episodes. This one, again... <laughs> These runtimes are killing me. 28 minutes or whatever. I'm just like, no, I need more. Give me more, please. I, I would have loved more of the flashback. I know we're going to get more of that eventually of how Grogu ended up with... Where the... I'm trying to even remember where the hell Grogu was when we first found I him. I do not remember the name of the place. But no, I think, I think the thing that is appealing to me in this season is that the story is so much smaller. Like, we went so ridiculously big in season two. And I wanted them to pull it back to more of that season one feel. And it, we're doing that. That we are doing that in a way that I really, really appreciate. We are, but it's still, at least for me, feels a little too grandiose of... I'm I'm losing a little bit of what made Mandalorian so special in that first season of it being a story of a father and son. And here we got moments of that in this episode with Mando kind of been like, come on, you can kick his ass. Just, just fucking do it already. Let's move on. And... Those moments are great, but I feel like they are fewer and far between just because we now have this Bo-Katan storyline with the Mythosaur and her discovering this religion and whatever the hell that was on Coruscant in the last episode, how that's going to tie back to Mando's story. It just seems like there's all these other plot threads that aren't necessarily like core to what Mandalorian was for me, at least, which was this, you know, space Western father son journey. And now there's a little less of that. I don't know, Even I feel like where we taking a smaller scale approach to I feel like where we are was, was um, I feel like where we are is was inevitable with this show. Fair. Like the right. moment that you decide that oh it's going to be this religious cult you have to tell a story around that. It doesn't have to be immediately but you have to tell a story around that. And I feel like that's what we're getting here and that's kind of why it's m- more interesting to me like Bando feels a lot more grown up than it did in the last two seasons in the first two seasons. Like it, it does. There, there are moments of levity where it doesn't take itself as seriously. And then, you know, we need to send out a hunting party because this kid's going to get murdered by the dragon bird thing. Mm-hmm. For so me, the- I, I appreciate the stakes. The stakes are definitely 
I'm starting to feel more of the stakes here compared to the way it felt in season one, where everything did feel like it mattered. Season two, it was kind of just like, you know, things are happening. It is what it is. Yeah, for me, like, when I look back at season one and season two, I think about, like, the big moments, right? Like, the big fights in season one. Like I mentioned, all the Mandalorians coming out of hiding and just wrecking shop on a town. For me in this season, though, it's a lot more of the smaller moments that I'm really appreciating. Like, in this episode in particular, the moment when they are camping to go rescue the kid in the morning, and it's just Bo-Katan sitting at the fire alone was one of my favorite moments in this episode, maybe even of the season, of this moment of, like, she feels lonely. She feels alone, and she does. She has every right to feel so. Like, again, lost her home, lost all of her people in this culture that she had poo-pooed for a very long time. It just feels interesting to me. It definitely is more context for the way that the children of the watch follow their faith and and practice. It is interesting of her just being like, how do we eat? And those are questions people asked in season one of like, well, he's not supposed to take off his helmet. So how does he eat? How do they, how do they drink? And we got some of that in this episode. It just feels kind of weird that they're dedicating time to explaining. They all walk away to eat and then come back when they're done in an episode of Mandalorian that we're only getting weekly, that is only 28 minutes long or whatever the actual runtime was. I know I keep saying numbers and I should probably have that in front of me. 31 minutes with credits. It just, it seemed, I I really appreciated that moment, but I would have appreciated that moment more if the episode had given me a little bit. I mean, the thing is, it gave me the action I wanted with the the fight with the bird thing. I don't, and the chase scene. Do we know what that thing is? Yeah, it's probably got a name in Star Wars, but I don't know it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I'm looking through the IGN review, and I'm not seeing. We actually, anything. yeah. What's weird is we got a lot of action in this episode, for us to like not barely talk about action at all. Well, and that's the thing is, I I love when this show balances that character development with cool space fights, and we got some of that here. So I can't really complain. It just it did feel like that moment felt out of place in an episode that was as short as it was, and I feel like. There was definitely moments that could have been added or not you know, like that's the thing is I'm complaining about the length, but the length was kind I don't of think it's the length. what they were telling in this episode. See, I think with the se- this season and honestly, this is very much a Mandalorian just, thing is it's, just, they do things by me. chapters and which has always yeah. been interesting to me as someone who also reads of the starting and ending point is not based on time. The starting and ending point is very much based on where the story goes by the end of that episode. I know I'm just greedy and that I want as much of this in my eye holes as I can get. And then going from this and immediately after you and I wrap recording, I'm going to go watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso (laughs) and knowing I've got like an hour of just Jason Sudeikis being a great person with his own issues and talking European football because he has no idea what's going on. And it just warms my heart. And it's we are so like we're sitting here nitpicking over mando but we are really really lucky right now as people consuming content we've got ted lasso going we've got bad batch going if you aren't watching bad batch season two do yourself a favor and catch up it's phenomenal television uh as well as mando so like we're we're pretty lucky and i I, we joke a bunch of like oh well we better get that secret invasion release date soon but that's more just because we want secret invasion (laughs) if we're really being honest 
that, but also I, I'm, I'm a little worried about that. We can talk about the Victoria Alonso thing maybe on our next episode that focuses on Marvel stuff. But I do feel like that the current slate of Disney plus Marvel shows is probably going to be hampered in some way from this VFX crunch we've been seeing across the industry and with Marvel being a key culprit of it. Um, so I am still a little apprehensive about uh, Secret Invasion and about what else has been filming recently. Daredevil just started filming, Daredevil, which is good Iron to see. Heart. Echo wrapped, Ironheart wrapped. Like I'm a little worried about Ironheart and Secret Invasion specifically because I feel like they will be a little more VFX heavy. So I'm curious as to when that might release. I don't know. The way that they're promoting Secret Invasion, it's like a lot of physical, what's the word? Stunts. Uh, Practical practical makeup effects. effects. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll see there. But I, that's the interesting thing about that versus Star Wars, is Star Wars always has the ILM effect. That and is true, but Marvel has also it too. works on most Marvel projects these days, don't they? Mm-hmm. But, like, when it comes to Star Wars, there is a special, there's a special nature there, right? Like, it's yeah. ILM in Star Wars. Well, that's the thing, is, like, the effects on this season of the show have all looked phenomenal. This episode, I think, was really, really well done with the mix of practical effects with the climbing and the jetpacks. And then I love watching Grogu flip around. It's so fun to me. I could watch Grogu just waddle into a cave for 45 minutes and I would be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, oh, okay. I remember. So when we were talking about the length of the episode, the only thing I wish we'd gotten more of, and we're going to probably dig into this now is Grogu's flashback. Yeah. I really wish that we had honestly just gotten a whole episode dedicated to that because it was, it was cool. First off, we we got yet another, I hope we do get a Dave Filoni directed episode this season that will take all of these intermittent flashbacks. We'll stitch them all together into one cohesive episode. I fully expect us to get that from Filoni because Filoni friggin' loves order 66. Yeah. I mean, he is responsible for tearing our heart. It's out over and over and over again. Right. And he loves every second of it. Yeah. I'm quickly bringing up the Wikipedia to see if he's on deck to direct any, direct any episodes this season. He is not. Okay, so maybe it's a season four episode. Mm-hmm. That seems like something that either he would do. I could also see that being something that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard would do. Um, maybe. But no, I think that was such an interesting storyline. Something we've kind of asked about a lot was, hey, how did Grogu get here? How did Grogu survive? And seeing Did you expect it, the answer to that to be the voice of Jar Jar Binks? Because I, I didn't. <laughs> I did not expect Ahmed Best of all people to show up in this show. Good on, good on Lucasfilm and good on Dave Filoni and good on John Favreau though for bringing him back and giving him a meaningful role to play in Grogu's story because for years, like as recently as last week, I got, you know, I saw the meme come across Reddit or Twitter or something of how did the actors keep a straight face? And it was a mod best in the Jar Jar head and like being on set and, and acting out the role of the character. It's like, how do they keep a straight face? It's like this guy put in so much work to make this character, something that was lovable and approachable and had its issues in terms of, you know, the, just the Gungans in general were kind of not well represented in the films. I think the Gungans were pretty well represented in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things of he he's always been a bit of a linchpin for the 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 mob that is the Star Wars, you know, hate brigade. 
Yeah, and like these. Pe- the, be- yeah. He, the only person who has had it worse by the Star Wars hate brigade versus him is probably. Why am I blanking on names today? Jake something, the kid who played Anakin. Yeah. Uh, Phantom. Um, yeah. Liam Liam Neeson. No. No, it's definitely not Liam, Liam Neeson. Uh, Jake Lloyd. It was not Jake Lloyd, or honestly, I could also see like Kelly Marie Tran. Um, like yeah, those two are the only bad. people who have had it nearly as bad as this guy. Like it was ridiculous how angry the internet got at him, and he did not deserve any of that. Like at the end of the day, these guys are actors that just need work. Don't get mad at people for how they are in shows. And but, like knowing just, we got a, did you watch any of that Jedi Temple challenge? I did not that actually. He hosted? I I heard it yeah, was I interesting either. though. I might go look up an episode because I'd be curious to see how they like interweave that with the Star Wars canon if they did at all. Because for those who don't know, there was this like kids game show hosted by a mod best playing this character, Keller and Back. Um, that was kind of like, you know, um, the Hit Forbidden Legend Temple. Of the, Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, like the kid game shows from the 80s and 90s. I'd be curious to see if it was like, you know, I just want to see what the presentation was like because he's playing that same character here and that character is now solely responsible for saving the most beloved character in all of Star Wars mythology. Yeah, Grogu really did get that popular, didn't he? He, re- I, There is a Grogu... I have a big-ass Grogu stuffed animal or stuffed plush in our basement and <laughs> my my wife's cousin's daughter who is three? No, Shit, she was born the year I got married. What year did I get married? She'll be three this year. I got that. You, right. you have to know that. You very much have I to have know to that. Know that. I'm never going to forget the year that kid was born. But they came over one day. She's like, uh, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. I'm just like, You're two. And you know who Baby Yoda is. What the hell have they done with this? Mar- like, Disney has just gone off on the marketing of Baby Yoda, AKA Grogu. And I'm, it's I'm still, here for it. It's still hilarious to me that they didn't think this character was going to be popular. <laughs> Like they didn't make anything for this, any sort of like merch or anything for this character in season during season one because they didn't think this character was going to be popular. And now here we are. And here we are. Now I really like this flashback. It has cemented that every episode so far we get these fantastic like vehicle scenes. Like this wasn't necessarily a dog fight, but it was. Uh, hey, you remember bad? that chase? Really bad chase in episode two. We're gonna make a significantly better one. I mean, they better, given this movie came out, like, almost two decades later. When, when did Clone Wars release? Or Attack of the Clone Wars. Wars. <laughs> I was going to say, Attack of the Clones. Which, it's the start of the Clone Wars, so. Griffin. The movie have... came out 21, 21 years ago. So, in 2001? 2002. 2002. Yeah, that's how numbers work. How you feeling? Old. So I remember watching that as a kid on DVD, not even just No, that was yeah. no, that was one that was on DVD. Um, yeah. Now, okay, were was your family at least in our household? I remember for a very long time, we would buy specifically the full screen version of DVDs. Do you remember this? The full screen versus widescreen debate. Yes, of- but it was when I was super young. Okay, so back in the day, before everyone had HDTVs, 
everyone had CRTs and those CRTs typically were four by three. So if you wanted the movie to fill the whole screen, you would buy the full screen version of a given film where you would just lose the edges of the screen because they would just stretch. Yeah, I don't think we ever bought three. those. Like, I remember the CRT, but I don't we think we ever only, bought the full screen. <laughs> we only bought those. Half of my parents' DVD collection is full screen. I've got like the first four Harry Potter movies in full screen and like what? X-Men in full screen. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in full screen. Dodgeball. Because that's just a great movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. I think I have two copies of that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was just a weird time to be watching movies at home. Home media was in a weird place. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing it back. Bringing it back to Mando. We've talked about this week's episode. Very fun. A little short. Still very fun. I'm so excited for next week's episode. First off, just because I'm really interested to see where they go with Grogu and whatnot, and with the flashback, with this talk he had with the um, the armorer. But also, next week's episode is being directed by Peter Ramsey. Peter okay. Ramsey, who, if you if you don't know, directed a couple of very popular animated movies. Uh, directed Rise of the Guardians in 2012. More importantly, co-directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I am very interested. Yeah. He's already on deck to record to direct an episode of Ahsoka. I'm very interested to see uh, what this guy does. I don't think he's directed an episode of. Um, I don't think he's directed an episode of Mando yet. I think this is going to be his. He is first. not. No, I'm. I'm looking at his directorial credits, and this will be his first episode of Mando. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm. It's, I'm excited to see what he does. Like this. This dude he knows this stuff. When you said Rise of the Guardians, for whatever reason, my brain went to uh, or, uh, The Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul. I'm like, oh, damn, he directed the Owl movie? That movie was dope. <laughs> like that, no. that is a poll. Do you, know, do you know who directed Legends of the Guardians, The Owls of Gahul? Who? Zack Snyder. What? <laughs> That movie's awesome. I was re- I rewatched it recently. It's a it's an awesome freaking movie. I put it on. And my wife thought I was like I was having a stroke. Like she thought, what is this that we're watching? Is this a fever dream? I'm like, no, this is a great movie. No, this was a this was a choice that bitch made. It's a good movie. Okay, let us know in the comments. Is Legend of the Guardian Owls of Gahul a better movie than Rise of the Guardians? It is not. Let us know in the comments. You're it going is. up against 100% like 100. It is a highly beloved movie. No. Have you watched The Owls of Gahul? I have. It's or, well, so good. It is not better than Rise of the Guardians, though. Yes, it is. It is 100%. Not. No, it is not. I, I have to disagree with you. What was the last time you've watched Rise of the Guardians? That's a, that's a good question. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> I actually watched that movie recently because it's a very good movie. But, like, do you not remember the internet when that movie came out? I don't. Oh, man. Everyone was obsessed with these characters. This was a time when they, when we, for some reason, were shipping Jack Frost in this movie with Elsa from Frozen. Like, it was a weird time to be on the internet, but it was it was a beloved movie. You're, you can't win that fight. I'm telling you this I, now. I definitely can, because they also came out around the... Do you realize those movies came out only two years apart from one another? No, that, no but that makes sense. That, that seems about right. I mean, they they were they but they both give off the same early 2010s animation vibe. That's mm-hmm. for dang sure. 
But yeah, Legends of the, Legend of the Guardian Owls of Kahul is way better than Rise of the Guardians. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I believe it, and people will let us know in the comments if you're on the YouTubes or the TikToks or the wherever this goes up. Let us know what you think. What's about you know? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put out a Twitter poll, so y'all can also go check my Twitter. No, put it up on know. the Disney one. Put it up on the uh, Disney one. It's and then not gonna make it. sense. It's a Disney podcast. Do it. Is it just say listen to the episode? It's it's right, it's whatever. free promotion. <laughs> Whatever I'm going. I'm gonna also go because you poll. put it up and you we have and we have significant bias. I'm just Fine. saying. Let's just Help me settle a debate. Which for context, listen to the podcast. Film. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll tweet it out after you have the link for me to put in the tweet. Yeah, because Cross I have to put this up on YouTube. Now, um, anything else you want to talk about with this week's episode? Go watch The Legend of the Guardians Owls of Gahul. About Mandalorian. <laughs> they mostly kept their helmets on. There wasn't there were there were literally like two faces in the whole episode, and otherwise we we're looking at helmets. Yeah. Lots of helmets. Uh stop showing us order sixty six. No, don't we don't need Keep to see it, it anymore, Dave. We need the pain. Alright, well thank you very much for listening. We got plenty of other stuff up on the channel right now. We have our most recent episode of the main podcast. Where we didn't talk about movie or TV show, we talked about the Disney parks. We finally did an episode exclusive to that, because it is a show about all things Disney. So go give that a listen. It was a super fun episode. Uh, you can also check out the rest of the episodes for this series. We got plenty of that stuff up. And go check out our TikTok, uh, also at D Plus Us, because we get breakouts, we have fun stuff happening there when I remember to edit things. Mostly it's just us making fools of ourselves, which is kind of what we do here anyways. So go check that out. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and follow us everywhere. Mitch, where can people follow us? You can follow us all over the internet at D plus us. It's YouTube at D plus us, Twitter at D plus us, TikTok, uh, and then links to mine and Griffin stuff is all in those same places. Yeah, go check those out. It's a great time. We're, we're having fun here. We hope you're having fun. We will see y'all in the next episode. But until next time, Bright Suns, and have a magical day. Did Hugh Jackman play the Easter Bunny? Yeah. Weird, man. <laughs>